Well, thank you so much for joining us for our morning devotions here at Stevenson High Kirk. Well, this morning we're joined by Lord Wallace, who is this year's moderator of the General Assembly and who will be sharing more about our Harvest Thanksgiving and Gift Sunday, which will be on Sunday the 3rd of October at 10.30. Well, an opportunity will be given to our members and also friends who would like to give a one-off donation to the ministry and mission of our local church. So please join us on that Sunday if you can. As many will know, this will be the last of our older sermon recordings. From next week, Sunday the 26th of September, we will be recording our church service and will then be making it available around 12 noon. This will be our communion service, where we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel or our website and you will receive notification once it is made available for online viewing. Well, this morning we gather at 10.30 for our morning service. You're welcome to join us there. We would be so encouraged to see you. Well, we continue to keep social distancing to one metre in the church and masks are still worn. If you can, please contact our church secretary, Margaret Durham, on 07748 248 187 to confirm a seat. And if you don't feel ready yet in returning to church, then please don't worry. As we shared earlier, we will be recording our morning service from the church and will then make them available later in the day for online viewing. So please stay connected with us. Well, in Psalm 34, verses 1 to 3, we read, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glorify in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Therefore, glorify the Lord with me as we worship together in singing our opening hymn, Revive Us Again.
Martin Rinkert was a 17th century Lutheran pastor in the Saxony town of Eilenburg during the Thirty Years' War. Not only was the town besieged, but it suffered famine, pestilence and plague. It's said that at one point Rinkert was conducting 40 to 50 funerals a day. He lived, but his wife died. And yet he wrote for his family a hymn of thanksgiving, which 400 years later we continue to sing, Now thank we all our God with heart and hand and voices. And when we reflect what we've been through during the last 15 months of pandemic, it's worth bearing in mind Rinkert's call for us to give thanks. It's not always been easy. It's been difficult times, particularly for those who have lost loved ones or have suffered illness. Many people are still anxious about the future of their jobs, about lost education for their children or their grandchildren. Months of lockdown and closed churches have also given rise to their own problems. Uh, many people have missed the fellowship of worship. I know as a member of St Magnus Cathedral Choir just how much I have missed that regular opportunity to give praise to God. And let's not put too fine a point in it. It's also meant that there hasn't been the weekly offering and that churches have also lost income through not being able to host uh, fundraising events or not being able to get in rents for lets of the hall. Yet there is still so much to give thanks for. Thanks for the work and service of NHS staff and those in the care sector. Thanks for those whose ingenuity has produced and distributed vaccines in a remarkably short period of time. And within the church, thanks for those whose digital and technical skills have made online services possible. For those who have actually come back to join in worship, who perhaps had drifted away, or who previously actually had been physically unable to attend, but have now been able to join in during these past months. And thanks too for the work of congregations, supporting food banks, being able to run errands for the vulnerable who were unable to get out, or just that simple telephone call to someone who was lonely. Through National Giving Day, we have an opportunity to give thanks in a very real and tangible way. Churches can designate a Sunday in September or October for a special thanksgiving service and offering. The sum raised can be used by the congregation itself without assessment as ministries and mission income or given to support a worthy project at home or overseas. Please give generously. Please give thanks for the wondrous things God has done and for his countless gifts of love which still are ours today. Give thanks with a grateful heart for God's gift of life that weaves its way through us. To join us with every other life, calling us to be people, communities, a nation, and a world. Woven into the pattern of the fullness of life God longs for, for everyone and for the planet. Give thanks with a grateful heart for the rainbow of opportunities which adds colour and richness to life's experiences. Let those opportunities brighten the lives of all, binding us together wherever in the world we are, 
tying us by the thread of your love into one. And calling us all to live with hearts that are as big. As open. As generous. And welcoming. As yours. So may we follow the pattern of Jesus Christ. And do so to his eternal glory. Amen. Dear God, with thanks for all you have done, um, I give you my best. Please accept it. and use it. Well, this morning we take our Bible reading from the prophecy of Isaiah in chapter 44 and at verse 1 to 5. But now listen, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. Do not be afraid, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and the streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. One will say, I belong to the Lord. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Still another will write in his hand, the Lord's. And will take the name Israel. Well, may the Lord bless to us the reading of His inerrant and infallible Word, and to Him be all the glory. Amen. Well, this week I've been reflecting on Isaiah there in chapter 44 and at verse 3 and 4 especially. For I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Well, it was Robert Murray McChain who said about these verses, There are no words in the whole Bible that have been oftener in my heart and oftener on my tongue than these since I began my ministry among you. And yet... He has never fulfilled this promise. Well, here's the cry of not just the prophet, but Robert Murray McChain himself longing to see God move 
in power, to see God pour out his spirit again upon the nation of Scotland. Is that not our cry in this pandemic season that we've been going through? In a way, it feels like a, a wilderness, a dry, barren season for many. And here's now the, the longing of a heart to see times of refreshing, a season of revival, a season of blessing. And so in Isaiah's prophecy, when we consider these verses, for I will pour water on the thirsty land, the first question I want to ask of the text here is, who is speaking? Isaiah is describing a season of refreshing upon God's people. It's a time of revival, a time of singing, a time of blessing that the people are longing for. But who is Isaiah referring to? Now, although I, I may be asking an obvious question, it's a question that we need to really have fixed in our minds and in our hearts. It's a really important question. Because really what we're asking is, who is the author of revival? Who is the author of times for refreshing? Who is the author? Who is the one who's going to bring blessing? Because if, if we answer this question correctly, and if we understand the text correctly, we understand that Isaiah is referring to God. The who in this passage is God, for I will pour. Can we start up a revival? Can we start in ourselves a time of refreshing, a time of blessing? No, we can't. A, a church cannot stir themselves up to bring in times of refreshing. It doesn't matter how great a praise group you have. It doesn't matter how great an orchestra you have. It doesn't matter how amazing a choir you, you have. You can't stir up times of refreshing, times of blessing in your church life. You can't just wake up one morning and decide, right, I'm going to experience revival. I'm going to experience a time of blessing today. It's not about stirring yourself up. Here in our text, God reminds us, I will pour. God is the author of revival. Only God himself can bless a nation. Only God himself can refresh our souls here this morning. You can't refresh yourself spiritually. We need God. God must be sovereign. He must be sovereign in revival. God is the author of revival. And it's, and it's an, a question that we must have fixed in our hearts and our minds. God is the one who begins, but the Bible also tells us that he's the one who continues the work of reviving and renewing his church and his people. I remember reading of the, of the preacher 
William McCulloch there in Cambus Lang. There he was known as the ale preacher or the ale minister. He wasn't an eloquent preacher. We're told that when it came to the sermon, people would leave the congregation and go to the local pub. They would go to the local public house. And so he he was nicknamed the ale minister or the ale preacher. But you know, God used this poor preacher, this less than eloquent preacher, God used him to see a revival come. There in Kilsyth and Cambus Lang, Although God is sovereign, he uses men and women and children as agents in revival. God can use you and me, but he is sovereign. When God touches a life, when God stirs up a heart, when God comes and moves us, oh, he can use us, can't he? So the first question that we ask of Isaiah 44 this morning, who who is the one who will pour? Who is the one who's going to bring in times of, of revival, times of singing, times of blessing? It's God. God is sovereign. And so we must look to him. We must look to the Lord if we desire to know times of refreshing, if we desire to know a a day of revival upon Scotland again. Don't look to the minister. Don't look to the church. Don't look at any other Christian to be the answer. No, God is sovereign. He is the one that pours on the thirsty and dry land. Now the second question that I ask of this promise today is, well, how? How will God bring revival? Well, we're told that God begins with those who are thirsty. Remember what Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 7 at verse 37? If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Psalm 63 tells us, O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Again in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants after you. And Isaiah later on, we'll we'll read in chapter 55, come, All you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Again, in John's Gospel, in chapter 4, we read there of the woman at the well, where she said, Sir, give me this water so that I wouldn't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. How does God bring revival? How does God bring times of refreshing, times of blessing? 
Well, God brings it through those who thirst in prayer, those who thirst for his word, those who thirst for his powerful presence. God begins with people who have a thirst, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. So God begins with those who are thirsty. That's where revival begins. That's how God moves. If there is a thirsting people, then you can expect refreshing. Times of refreshing are not far away. If you have a true thirst for God, a thirst for prayer, a thirst for for his word, and a thirst for his presence. But what a beautiful promise. We're also told that God doesn't just pour a wee trickle of blessing. God promises here that he will pour floods, floods of grace and mercy and love, floods of blessing and peace and joy, floods of forgiveness. Isn't that lovely? Yes, God brings in times of refreshing. He begins with those who are thirsty. And to those who are thirsty, he promises, and I will pour floods more than what you ask. And so the floods of his grace and love and mercy and blessing and joy and and forgiveness, God promises to fulfil. But notice also, how God brings times of refreshing. He brings them upon dry ground. Well, that should bring great encouragement to you and to me. You know, we often think that God would bring refreshing to someone who deserves it. Someone who's alive, who's all fired up for God. You would think that God surely would bless that soul. A soul that's really on fire, that really loves the Lord, that's doing everything right. You would think, well, God would bless that heart. He would pour seasons of refreshing upon that life. But no, here in Isaiah, we're told that God will pour upon dry ground. Those who are weary, those who are worn and sad, God promises that he will pour floods upon dry ground. Nations that are spiritually dry and spiritually dead. Oh, God can pour floods upon dry ground. Church attenders who mock secret prayer and prayer meetings. Nominal Christians who have real no heart for the gospel, but will tick their box. Do you know God still has a heart for those who are far from him? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know God still has a heart for those who are dry and empty? Oh, where there's barrenness, where there's a wilderness. Oh, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope on Scotland. Don't give up hope on North Ayrshire. Don't give up hope in our islands the highlands and islands to the south of Scotland. 
Don't give up hope. God can pour floods upon dry ground. Now the question that I have to ask, just in closing this time together, is why? Why would God bring times of refreshing? Why does God bring revival? Well, we're told that God desires to bless us and our offspring and our descendants. The reason that God brings in times of refreshing is to bless his people. God wants to bless you. He wants to touch your life and your family and your loved ones and your streets and your communities and your cities and your nations. God wants to bless. He also desires to save souls, that they would spring up like the grass of the fields. Is that precious? God desires that souls would, would come to repentance. He desires to see the lost one. He desires to see the strays returned. God desires to bless. He desires to save. Oh, and that his church would blossom like the poplar trees, like the willow trees. But ultimately, the reason that God brings revival, that God brings in times of refreshing, it's in order that he would be glorified. I love Psalm 85. Here's the, 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 the psalmist crying out in prayer. Will you not revive us again? Now, why does he pray like that? Well, of course, the psalmist had known a season before of revival. He had known times of refreshing. He, he, he knows in experience times where God has come upon his heart and his community and his nation. And he's saying, Lord, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to come through a time of refreshing. Will you not revive us again? We want it. We want your touch again. Why? Now, this is the beautiful part of his prayer. That your people may rejoice in you. Isn't that great? He's praying for revival. The psalmist is crying out for God to revive his people in order that the people themselves would rejoice in the Lord. That the people would glorify God. God is glorified when we hunger and thirst after him. God is glorified in revival. And that's why we ought to pray for revival. That's why we ought to be praying daily. Lord, let us know times of revival. Times of blessing. Times of, re of refreshing. Because Lord, you will be glorified ultimately. That's the purpose and the reason that we pray for revival. But can I ask a question today? Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for God? Are you thirsting for the living water? Are you thirsting for Christ, who is the fountain of life? Jesus said, come unto me. You who are thirsty, come, drink, and you will live if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Jesus is the fountain 
He is the fountain of life itself. He is that wellspring. And we are invited today, if you are thirsty, come. Now you may well feel, well, I don't know if I'm thirsty. I don't know if I have a thirst for Christ. I don't know if I feel anything. Maybe today you just feel dry. Maybe you just feel absolutely dry and empty. Well, what a wonderful promise comes to you. God promises to pour floods upon dry ground. You may be questioning whether you have a thirst for Christ or not. But you'll know if you're dry. If you're dry today, if you're spiritually barren, if you're spiritually in that wilderness where you just feel, Lord, please do something. Let some life come up in me. Well, God promised he will pour floods upon dry ground. Oh, let us go to Christ. Let us go to Jesus. Let us drink and be revived. The Lord promises. He brings in times of refreshing. He begins with, yes, those who are thirsting. He also promises to pour floods, though, upon those who are dry. And he'll pour upon dry ground. Oh, may the floods of grace and mercy and love, may the floods of blessing, peace and joy, may the floods of forgiveness, oh, pour upon your life today as you now just go to the Lord, as you go unto Christ, your fountain, oh, and drink without price. You don't have to earn this. You don't have to pay for it. You go instantly, go today. Oh, go to Jesus and drink and live. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Isn't that the most beautiful promise? Well, will you pray with me? Will you keep praying for times of refreshing, times of revival? Oh, how we need it for our day. Oh, may the Lord bless your prayers. And may the Lord keep you and thrill your soul. Well, I'm now going to invite Helen Wilson to lead us in our intercessory prayers. Thanks, Helen. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you another time with hearts full of thanks for our Lord Jesus, who gave his life for us and opened the way that we could approach you as your children. We acknowledge that we need you every hour. In these uncertain days, we pray that we will trust our unknown future to our known God, who is still in control. We are aware that nothing takes you by surprise and we know that you can turn to good all that is happening in the world today. Show your power, O Lord. Again, we bring before you the many places where strife and turmoil continue, and so many lives are in danger. Do protect all the vulnerable families in Afghanistan, and we pray for your blessing on those who are taking a stand for you.
Let them know your strength and courage as they reach out with the good news of Jesus. Father, we pray for all our sisters and brothers in our High Kirk family, especially remembering those who are ill. Wherever they are, may they experience your healing touch and be aware of your presence with them. We pray too for those who are anxious about venturing outside and all who are lonely. We ask that many will feel enabled to return to church next Sunday and that they will indeed feel welcome. We pray too that the children will come back to the Sunday club and that the teachers will know your help and blessing. Lord, we ask for wisdom and clear guidance for our minister and leaders as they consider plans for the future of all the different meetings and ministries. Oh, Father, we long to see a great awakening of your Holy Spirit in our community and across our nation. Make us a praying church and let us see many people turn into you. We ask that as your word is preached even today, we will begin to see a mighty revival happening. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers as we ask everything in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Helen, for leading us in our prayers this morning. Well, we're now going to worship together as we sing in this beautiful hymn, Here is Love, Fast as the Ocean.
Let us go in the strength of the Lord and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us now and always. Amen. <laughs>